Welcome to the Jack and John Podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. So, well, Jack, I wanted to talk about worship today. What does worship mean? You would. I would. Yeah, you love worship. I love worship. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, one of the things, singing is a large part of worship. Sure. We, we've always made that a part of worship. I think the scripture makes that a part of worship. There's singing in heaven. So, um, but you don't have to be a good singer Mm-mm. to worship powerfully, you know. Um, so worship, what is worship? Worth, uh, giving worth to God. He is the only one that is worthy of our praise, of our worship, uh, to adore him. Uh, it's a, a falling down in his presence, fall down before him. Uh, it's bringing your yourself and everything that you are to him. There's so much to me involved in worship. Um, there's the technical side. Sometimes we talk about the order of worship, uh, what we do in worship, different kinds of music, different kinds of instrumentation, different kinds of preachers, different kinds of preaching. Um, I think all of my little grandkids are going to grow up to be Pentecostal ministers. <laughs> and I told them that the other day because they want to emphasize something. And, you know, mama will ask him to do something. He'll go, no. And I said, ooh, that sounds like a minister. No, I love God. But he wasn't emphasizing it positively. He's emphasizing his word by doing that. So there's different kinds of preachers, different ways to do it, which brings us to a lot of different kinds of uh, preferences. Right. And uh, someone said recently to me, leave your preferences at the door (laughs) when you come to church, local church, Mm -hmm. and uh, go in there to worship without being critical. God did not give you the spiritual gift of criticism. So don't utilize that Sunday on the church service. Uh, but I think that also on the other side of the coin, I think the church and the, the staff, the ministers, the ones who, the elders, the leadership uh, have a, um, I think that they should make it interesting. I think that they should work at making it um, worshipful. You know, yeah, there there's definitely responsibilities on yeah, both sides. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, there's the responsibility of the the person in the congregation uh, who's coming to worship, and there's great responsibility for the people who are leading that worship. Um, and and those lines get get blurry sometimes um, because I yeah I'm I'm on both sides of that line because I sing on worship sure. team um, and I go to worship um, and from the the worship team side of it well you you could make it about yourself you know because you want people who can sing up there you don't want some guy that's you know off key or and not because that part matters so much in the talent side of it but because you don't want to be a distraction you know, I want when I'm on the worship team, when I'm leading worship or leading a song, I don't want to be a distraction. I want the focus to be on Jesus. And so that that goes to how I'm singing, what I'm singing, the songs that are chosen. Um, I was gonna, I was just gonna interject a little story. Yeah. 
Do it. Uh, when I was music minister at a specific church, <laughs> there was a fellow that sang in the choir, and I did uh, specific seating for him. I, I went into the choir loft when no one was there, and I got a tape measure, and I measured the furthest place away from the microphone that picked up the sound of the choir, and that's where I put him. Because he was what we call a monotone. Now, folks, if you don't know music, you don't know that a monotone, there are different kinds of monotones, but this guy was a full-fledged monotone. He did, had no idea whether he was moving up or down on the musical scale, and he wasn't doing either. He was staying on the same note. So basically, it was like, da -da, it was a drone. Da -da 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 -da. And one day, so lo and like behold, bagpipes. he was like bagpipes. <laughs> And I loved him, loved him, good friend of mine to this day. So I would not dare say the place or the person's name. But he came up to me after service one day and he said, um, Jack, I've decided what God wants me to do. I said, well, that's great. What is he said? He wants me to go into worship ministry. And I said really quickly, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, I'm going to do you a favor. Okay, I'm going to do you a favor. Nobody will do you this favor. Okay. Because everybody wants to be an encouragement, you know, so they've encouraged you in the wrong way. And I'm sorry about that. I love you. I'll, I'll you know, be your buddy, whatever. But you need to understand, you know, a thing or two about music. And so I said, I want you to come in my office. We'll go into the choir room. And I did. I worked with him a little bit, showed him as best I could that he couldn't, you know, pick up a note, couldn't sing a tune, couldn't do but um, it's, it's very difficult, like you said, to tell someone you probably should be in the choir. You shouldn't be in that ensemble. You should be maybe in an ensemble. You shouldn't be singing a solo. <laughs> and uh, somebody needs to make that decision so yeah. that it will all honor God and yeah. everyone will be blessed. But we need to just, you know, I think be, be wise, be I've, circumspect in that. I've got to tell you the story, too, Jack, and I think... Yeah, I think you probably remember this guy because I think he was still there when you were at Mount Pleasant. But we had a fellow named Julian Storms. Oh, yeah, Julian. Absolutely. And I picked him up from Julian his apartment. Julian was the sweetest old man. And the first one there to choir. Always, always the first one. <laughs> and there. always there, every week. Every week. <laughs> great encourager. The man could not sing to save his life. <laughs> But he loved to be in but the he choir. He loved to be in the choir, and I loved it that he was able to Absolutely. be in the choir. Absolutely, you know, I know, I know some places where they will kind of audition people and that kind of stuff, and and I could kind of see why. I mean, if you had a whole slew of Julians, that could be a problem. <laughs> um, but we would strategize, you yeah, know, deal with that if you had that situation, and. And fortunately, he sang with a lot of joy, but he didn't sing loud. <laughs> and, and you know what? He was one of the highlights for me of the choir. Um, just being there with him and uh, his faithfulness, his, his sincere joy in being part of that. And I'm so thankful, honestly, that nobody in the choir ever said, Hey, Julian, you know, you really... You, you can't sing, man. Why are you here? See, that's nobody, a different thing. You can be in the that. choir, just don't go into music ministry. Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's true. That, yeah, that's for sure. Wow. Um, but, <laughs> but I love that. So 
anyway, to this idea of like worship, everybody talks about the worship experience. Okay. And I think it's important to note that the worship experience, it's not really about us. An emotional experience won't last. Right. It has to be founded on some right. a truth. Right? Right. Because uh, you can go for that experience, that emotional experience. And if it never doesn't live up to what you expect it to be, then that's when you become very critical. Right. And instead of, instead of just going there to worship God. There are times, just being transparent, that, that I will find myself disappointed with a particular song selection. But it's not for a lot of the reasons that I hear. You know, you got some people that, well, they want the song to be more contemporary or they want the song to be um, a, a hymn or whatever, like stylistic preference. That piece doesn't really matter to me. But what matters to me is I want the song to be me as a worshiper, us collectively as worshipers, singing praise to God. The song to me needs to be directed to God. Um, and sometimes, well, like some of our old hymns, for example, they're more like a theology lesson than they are praise. I once, um, when the, when the choruses were coming in right. to, to the worship, which was probably the eighties, well, even, even before yeah. that, maybe, maybe so. Late I mean, 70s. the choruses were coming in John Peterson yeah. and some of those courses, but right. I was at a particular... Exalt thee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Just I mean, sing that over that and over. Was, yeah, that was a chorus. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, had some of the some of the people in the church um, really balk against those mm -hmm. courses. They didn't like the overhead. They didn't like you know the way music was changing at, at the time. And uh, what happened to our hymnals? Yeah, and the, yeah. And what happened to the organ? Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, this one fella, uh, one one Sunday, I saw him get up red-faced and storm out of the church building. And uh, so I went to his house after church, and he was sitting on the front porch, and he'd been crying visibly. You could see it, bloodshot eyes. And I said, uh, Brother Don, I said, I think I know what your situation is, but but why did you leave church? Why are you so upset? He said exactly these words. I just hate those camp songs. I hate those camp songs. He said, they're just all about me, all about us. He said, I wish we would sing more songs like Blessed Assurance. He set himself up because <laughs> really I said, did. well, <laughs> let's uh, say the words to Blessed Assurance for just a minute. This is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. And it goes, I, me, and my through all oh, the, the courses and all the verses. The whole song. And then I said, now let's say the, the words of the song we sang this morning. Uh, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh my Lord. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. May it be a sweet sound in your ear. I said, which of those songs is me-oriented and which is God-oriented? I said, now, Don, I love blessed assurance. I'm not, I don't want to be negative. I hated to even be negative about oh, blessed yeah. assurance. But your point is flawed. Yeah. Right? 
point is flawed. Bible says sing a new song unto the Lord. It's not bad to sing a new song, you know. But John, I'm going to tell you something. And if I say nothing else, you can finish it out. I have one thing to basically say. If I was going to lead a worship seminar or teach a music minister, anything that I know, if it's anything about worship, music, worship leading or anything, which I've done most of my life, this is what I would say. I would say before you pick out a song, before you do a rehearsal, before you enter into that worship center to worship, fall down on your face before God and surrender yourself to Him. And you die to yourself and you come before God in humility. And then you do whatever is on your plate to do as a worship minister. But if you don't get before your face, before a holy God, and seek His will in your life, then there's two bigger dangers of all of that coming from you or being for you. Singing songs for the praise team instead of God in the congregation. Mm -hmm. So, That's beautiful. That's what it should be. Um, one of the things I love so much about the Bible is that we have so many examples of people who have seen God, who've experienced His presence. Um, and we experience His presence, but I don't know anybody who has seen God. Not like... They couldn't live. Right. I'm, I don't know that, okay? But I wanted to read this. I think I probably already gave up the spot here. But... Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, and some of you are already familiar with what that's going to be about. Um, I'm going to figure out where I am. Again. It's the, like the first chapter. It's, it's like in the first, <laughs> it's the earlier part of the Bible. Is that where it is? Yeah. <laughs> it's about the um, middle. About the middle. Now, this is from the NLT, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've ever read it out of the NLT before, so this will be new. Um, and this is Isaiah. Um, talking, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. Um, can you imagine? No. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I can't imagine. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of experience that I want when I go to worship. I want to be in the yeah, presence of the Lord. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. You don't see him when you go in there on Sunday morning. But this is the same God you're worshiping. This God that Isaiah saw, that he describes, that the seraphim are singing about to each other to the point that they're shaking. You know, you hear people say, well, that music was just too loud. Did the foundations of your church building <laughs> shake? There's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... It's going to be loud, folks. I mean, it's going to be loud. Now, thankfully, I don't think there's going to be any hearing loss in heaven. <laughs> you know, we're going to have supernatural, everlasting hearing. Hearing. You know? <laughs> so we'll be able to withstand it. But I mean, worship is going to be completely unhinged. And uh, that's the God we worship now. I would, I would add one more thing a little bit off from that, but in addition to that, God is going to be worshipped. Oh, yeah. When uh, I think it was when Jesus was coming into the city of Jerusalem and his disciples and the people that loved him were just crying out their praise and the Pharisees warned him and said, tell, tell your people to shut up. You know, and he said, if they don't cry out, the very rocks beside the road will cry out. And I heard a preacher say one time, I don't want to have a rock take my place. In worshiping God. So don't let a rock take your place or any other thing. Don't let Peter right. take your place. Uh, we need to be there, present, singing, speaking, praying our praise to God out of a sincere heart of gratitude and love for everything that He is and that He's done. So cry out. You know, there's a lot of things we could have gotten into in oh, that because. Um, one of the things I just thought about is the ways that biblical worship, you know, it kind of is included in biblical worship. Some of them uh, we don't really do, but shouting was a part of worship. Uh, Jericho, the city of Jericho, mm -hmm. Joshua and the army, they were told to shout when they walked around that city the seventh day, seven times and shout, a great shout. Um, you know, lifting of hands is a part of praise uh you know just a lot of things singing was a part of praise um dancing was a part of praise so, i know we don't want to see that from you no, John. Not, from you, not from me or you <laughs> no no i look like a wounded buffalo yeah, you, you talk about the guy that says, it's like i know what i want to do i said god's calling me to dance yeah baby. like uh no he's not. no he's not <laughs> he's not <laughs> wow <laughs> So, yeah. But, yeah, the worship is something we get to do, and it's very unique to us. And uh, one of the things that, and I might have mentioned this before in another episode, but uh, one of the things that uh, was said to me over and over again when my uh, first wife died in 2001, and people mean well, I'm not saying this badly, but they said, uh, oh, she's an angel. And I would say, no, no, she's not an angel. She's redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. She's like Jesus. She has a new body. And uh, that body gets to worship God for redeeming her. Mm -hmm. And angels don't get to do that. 
They can sing praise, right. but not for being redeemed. Right. And uh, that's a very special, special privilege that we have. So we need to be about the business of it, not criticizing that the music's too loud, that you're missing yeah. the point. 100% wrong side of the page. Sad. All right. So leave your preferences at the door. <laughs> Set your heart on God. Um, sit toward the front if you're like me and you don't want to be distracted by Join Mike. other folks. <laughs> yeah. right. and, uh, and set your worship on God because you know what? We're there for His experience more than for ours. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we love you. Thanks for putting up with us. And we'll see you next time.